Hey everyone, I'm Lindsay. And this is Cody. And we are your hosts for Liberated Life Podcast. Today we are talking about a super hot topic in at least the circles that we run in right now of the vibrational shift from 3D to 5D. Yeah, it's a, a very rich topic with lots of nuance and we have a lot of fun exploring it. Hopefully you will too. Enjoy. So today we're talking about the ascension from 3D to 5D. Cody, why don't you just talk a little bit about what your understanding is of what, what is 3D, what is 5D, what is 4D? Yeah, it's such a rich topic. So 3D can generally be thought of like the matrix. Um, it's the standard day-to-day reality of existence that's been constructed over hundreds and thousands of years by society and culture and and people's participation. And it's what's taught in schools and in the media for the most part, although obviously you can find some media that is approaching the the bridge and and going into 5D also. But yeah, it's just like the the normal day-to-day, like grow up, go to school, have kids, raise a family, retire, die, and the, you know, and work the whole time as much as you can and accumulate whatever money you can and you know, win win the game of life. Uh, I even made a board game called Life to celebrate that. <laughs> and then I'm going to talk about 5D and then I'll bring 4D in because it, it, it's the hardest <laughs> to discuss. 5D is like a new way of living. It's it's a new life script, as it were, which is greatly expanded in how you show up in in life. And this is kind of vague, so uh, let's tighten it. Five D is about being the creator of your life, of taking ownership and responsibility for what your life looks like and how you're showing up in the world and and what you're doing and how you're being and kind of considering what's going on around you from a more holistic perspective whereas like 3d is all about the individual and maybe the family unit the 5d is about community like all of your relations all of your friendships your connection with the earth uh, the animals who are around you the plants the rocks the everything it's breaking down or, or dissolving the perceived separation between yourself and everything else around you. And then 40 is kind of like the bridge between the two of those. I liken it to like the dream realm or the imaginal realm. It's not really a frequency that you stay in. It's a support structure that's energetic for helping people get a taste of the 5D while they're still in 3D. You know, like those wild dreams that come through. You wake up feeling really inspired and not quite sure what you want to do next, but you you feel something a little bit unsettled. Mm -hmm. Like, there's more to this than I'm currently doing. 
I think an important time when I realized this, and I think a lot of people have some frame of reference for this, but the, the book and the movie The Secret was what really woke me up to this idea where you are in charge of your own life and the belief that anything is possible is kind of what prompted me to take responsibility for the trajectory of my life and, and what kinds of things I wanted to experience and what I believed was possible. That was a major awakening for me personally. And I think a lot of people, the secret has become pretty mainstream. Does that tie into what the 4D is or the 5D or all of the above? How do you see that playing out? The secret is like a 3D version mm. of 5D. Right. It's still very focused on the individual and making your life, you know, whatever you want it to be. And that's the 5D part of it, but it leaves out the aspect of community awareness mm -hmm. and connection with everything being the actual avenue through which your dreams are realized. The sort of 3D script is work, 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 build whatever you build and achieve your dreams through that mechanism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for me personally, it was a good jumping off point to, you know, once you realize that you can have and be anything you want in your personal life, then from there, anything else becomes possible too. And, and it's a good jumping off point. Totally. And then I want to talk about this idea of unity versus sovereignty and community versus individuals. I think the pandemic personally really woke me up to the idea that we are much more powerful and abundant together than we are separately. And, you know, existing in the 3D reality and not questioning things and not having a community is a, a, sta a normal standard. I mean, we live in houses and neighborhoods and we barely know our own neighbors and or giant apartment complexes that could be communities, but they aren't because of the societal structure that we're living in where everyone has their own car, everyone has their own groceries, everyone has their own, you know, whatever it may be. Their own work schedule. Their own work schedule, exactly. Um, whereas when we band together in community, we need a lot less in order to have the same amount or and we spend a lot less time obtaining those things. I think the pandemic really prompted that realization for me personally and probably a lot of other people and, and like growing gardens together and growing our own food and being in community, I think, was a major takeaway from that experience. What's your take on that? Absolutely, being in community was a major takeaway for, for a lot of, although also a lot of people went the exact opposite direction mm. into hyper-individual disconnection. Hoarding and, yeah. Yeah, hoarding and, and just like really antisocial behaviors. Oh, true, yeah. Uh, and that was literally encouraged. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's over true. Over and over and over again. Don't talk to anybody, don't connect, don't touch. Stay don't, home, don't be safe. Be, don't be around anybody. Everybody's dangerous. So that served as a, a sorting mechanism for people who believed that, who, who felt truth in that and created their life in accordance with that. And then it was like, this doesn't make any sense. Right. Or maybe the lack of that community will people up to the value of having it once they felt safe again. Totally. Yeah, we're, we're seeing that right now. I came out to Boulder in July. 2020 because i didn't have community in kansas i was like really starved for whatever reason i had lots of friends but i didn't have community right and there's a big difference friends are people that you just hang out with and do whatever you do together 
but you're not generally creating something that's lasting or providing a lot of resources for each other, sharing resources. Friendships certainly can, but they don't have to. Community really has to share resources. That's kind of what you're talking about. Like you can work less and have just as much or more. I also want to be clear, like work less in this context, I'm speaking of it like work less drudgery, do less that you don't want to do because people are naturally creative, naturally energetic and, and contribute vast amounts of energy and life force, but they'll do that without even getting paid. If there's something that calls to them that nourishes some aspect of themselves on a deeper level, of course, you still have to figure out how to meet your bills, but that, you know, like for myself, literally coming out here and being in community in Colorado probably saved my life. Like, not that I would have died in Kansas, but it would have been much, much worse. For various reasons, I was not able to get any extra unemployment assistance, even though I was literally let go of my job because of the the, uh, pandemic. Just the nature of all that won't go into it. But then I came out here and like community held me and supported me and assisted me to land on my feet. And in some ways I'm still doing And so I think it'd be helpful for us to both give an example of what moving from the 3D to the 5D can look like because we've both essentially done it uh, or are in the process of doing it. And so for you, what did that look like in your life? I would point to graduation from college. I went to college later. I started at 26 and finished it at 31. That was 2011. After graduating college, I did not seek a, a regular job that would have been the 3D path to, you know, use my degree and go get some kind of salary position and begin paying off my loans. Instead, I was much more interested exploring what's out there, where are communities? Because, you know, thankfully I'd been studying with a couple teachers and starting to play with community even before I graduated, like two, three years before. That community ended up dissolving like right as I graduated. And so then I was looking for new ones. That I just continued to do that. I would find a community that I wanted to learn more from or connect with or share some time for some project. And I would do that for as long as it worked, as long as we were all supporting each other and I was able to meet my basic needs. And then I just continued to do that, hop from community to community. And, and, and then, ironically enough, we actually met at the only like regular job mm. <laughs> that I took yeah. that was still a form of community. It was accepted into it because my brother had a connection there. You know, we talked about that in our intro, we worked at the law firm together and that only lasted for me for just over a year. And it, it was basically intolerable because it was so stifling to my energies and my creativity and what I wanted to bring forward. So I ended up selling a bunch of magic cards to get enough money to quit. I probably did so. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of ironic that that was how we met. Right. So there, there's even like a, a 5D aspect to that that was in surrender and trust and allowance. And like, even though I recognized that I didn't enjoy the particular of that job and I got out and the right timing for myself, I still managed to create something beautiful out of being there. Right. So it's not like 
any opportunity that's not 100% aligned is, is a no. Mm-hmm. It's find something that works well enough for what you're up to and continue to move in the direction of your dreams. That, you know, there's no, like, one thing the, the Matrix movie kind of does a disservice to is, like, that immediate transition. Like, one minute you're in the Matrix and then the next minute you're totally out of it and you've got to refigure out everything and, like, then re-enter it as a superhero, like, certainly there's some value to that narrative, but that's not the experience of the vast, vast majority. 3D and 5D are coexisting in our lives simultaneously, and we each have to find the balance that works for us. Right. I think um, my transition was, yeah, along those same lines, but, you know, the 3D and the 5D have been major themes throughout the past 10 years of my life or so I just wasn't really aware of of what they were and um, so for me when I was 18 um, I, ha- I had my son when I was young I was 19 when I had my son but I still I actually saw the secret the summer after I had my son and I had previously had the dream of becoming a lawyer but I kind of had given up on that and and thought to myself well I you know I'm a mom now and and I, I don't know if that's realistic for me. And after seeing that movie, I realized that that's totally possible. And it's it's up to me to still obtain that and still attain that that dream, even though my circumstances changed. And so I, I did that. And that was still along the lines of the 3D reality of, you know, go to college, get a job, whatever. I, I took it as far as far as you can to some extent by not only going to college but going to law school becoming an attorney thinking that that would bring me fulfillment um even going so far as to work for five years as an attorney and realize you know it it along the way it definitely had a lot of fulfillment in different areas but not the kind of fulfillment that comes from being in a community and being supported and and held and so i recently came when Cody moved to Boulder I came to visit him and I felt that I felt that sense of of tribe that has been missing for my life for 31 years as long as I've been alive and it brought me this sense of fulfillment that I'd never felt before and also just the realization that you know working and in a lot of ways I mean I think I just when I didn't get fulfillment, I didn't stop what I was doing. I just went even harder (laughs) and, you know, became the top producing, one of the top producing attorneys at the law firm. I was at thinking that, Oh, you know, when I do this, I'll feel fulfilled or I'll feel worthy or I'll, you know, meet other people's expectations. And it never does work that way. Um, at least for in most instances. So, um, I decided to kind of, take a leap of faith, definitely take a leap of faith, leave my job, move to Boulder, no real plan, so to speak, and, uh, see what happens. So that, that's my version of the transition from the 3D to the 5D. It's still in progress, but yeah, the, the themes have been overlapping for me as well. In college, I studied philosophy and that's a lot of 5D concepts, but also applied to the 3D reality of getting a getting a degree and, and moving along that path and personal development and yoga have always been hobbies of mine. But now they get to be more than just hobbies. They get to be ways that we show up and contribute to our community and our society. And I think that 
along those lines, I think a major concern for most people when transitioning is money. And how do you meet your basic needs outside of going to work every day like a robot? (laughs) (laughs) That's definitely been a major theme for me of of figuring out how how to meet my basic needs. I've I've essentially just been extremely poor from a, a monetary perspective. Should like consistently make less than ten thousand a year, and like you know, just have my survival needs and a, a little, little bit of extra um, that I was very, very careful in how I used, while still prioritizing health and well-being and having expansive adventures and going to festivals and all, all the things that I knew like needed to happen for my personal growth. Yeah, so I don't have any answers per se. I can, you know, I've got lots of stories of of how I figured it out at various steps along the way. The sort of meta thread of it is just creativity. Get really creative about what opportunities are around you and what opportunities you can create if you don't see them if, if around you, but you see them in your mind's eye and it's kind of like entrepreneurship really finding where there's a need in the market and how you personally could meet it better than anybody else is currently doing and that can even be like micro needs just find one person that has enough extra money to help you and help them so yeah i've had a a tremendous number of odd jobs. Yeah. I think a lot of people, again, back to the the pandemic and a lot of people being on unemployment has led to the realization that it is possible to spend your days as you want to, to a certain extent, and still have your basic needs met. And so now we're seeing this new tension in society where, you know, employers have job postings all over the place, but nobody really wants to fill them because maybe they don't pay enough or it's not enough to be worth giving up the new life that they've gotten to live for the past, you know, year or however long. And that's also led to, like we've talked about, a spike in creativity among everyone in society. The internet is really still in its infancy. (laughs) As much as we like to think it's all mature and stuff, it's only been around for like 30 years. What we're seeing actually is really the first generation that's totally native to the internet, that was born with it, grew up with it. Clay Shirky in his book, Here Comes Everybody, makes this point. He says, it actually takes a full generation to discover, to to begin to discover what the true capacities of a technology are, uh, because you need people who are versed in it from the very beginning of their lives to who are native users to push the limits. And so that that's relevant to what's going on right now is that that one we can transfer money over the internet mm-hmm. two we can share communication over the internet and those are the only two things that we need to create an economy Ooh. over the internet speaking of which what um how does cryptocurrency play into the 5d reality short answer i don't know <laughs> long answer let's see okay yeah it's a great, it's another transition technology. So unemployment insurance gave people a baseline security that they would not lose their house or their food or their medic 
bills or whatever that they they were their survival needs were going to be taken care of even though they weren't working for you know millions of people experience that's prob- probably even more than that um, though I did <laughs> but you know uh, that's got creative <laughs> yeah. so that was like a baseline of you know almost thinking like Maslow's hierarchy your physiological needs are met okay what's next is social and creative. And I'll bring this back to cryptocurrency in a minute. I haven't forgotten. <laughs> cryptocurrency acts like a, a, a higher octave of unemployment insurance. Ooh. It's a personal responsibility, a personal risk of investment, you know, kind of like the stock market was in the 20th century and still going on, but lessening in importance because bots have figured out how to game that. You know, it's, it's not... Human trading in the, the stock market is, is, is even more risky than cryptocurrency trading, mm. I would say. And caveat, I don't understand either of them extremely <laughs> well. I just have basic capacity, basic understanding. Working from that, so this is not financial advice. <laughs> <laughs> this is just exposition on themes and looking at ideas. So yeah, so cryptocurrency is like a higher octave of unemployment insurance People that are invested in that have a sense that their basic physiological needs are met and they know they can pull out money from those markets anytime they need it. You know, Bitcoin is worth 30 to 50K depending on where the markets are at, you know, right now in mid-2021. So then those people that have that feel inspired to create and generate information and often share it for free because they aren't tying their work to their income. They've separated their output from needing to get compensated. I think that's a really beautiful thing and definitely connects in that 3D to 5D transition where unemployment insurance would definitely be in the 3D of giving other people responsibility for your life and your needs and taking care of you, becoming dependent or codependent, you know, just depending on situation. Whereas cryptocurrency investment encourages personal responsibility for managing your finances. It's like moving into interdependent because it, cryptocurrency markets are very volatile. That, that's undeniable. They're influenced by everything that's going on around them. So those people who are invested in that have an incentive, a direct incentive to assist with the stabilization of society and culture in this sort of chaotic world (laughs) that we're living in, or chaotic time. And then kind of the 4D is entrepreneurship. My output is still directly tied to my income, but I'm moving in the direction of having a, a stable base of operations for myself, you know, enough money to live for a year or more. And then once that happens, you can get ever more creative with what you're sharing and how you're sharing it and who you're sharing it and and what you charge for and what you don't charge for. And that like leads into the coaching realm, which I'm playing around a little bit with, having a lot of fun. Uh, Mostly I want to share what I have for free making this podcast. I'm just now, these are my best ideas. I'm not holding back anything. Teasers. Uh, not teasers. <laughs> yeah, not te- um, and then I can get from sharing my best ideas with the 
broadest audience of whoever is listening to this. It's my hope that some of you will be inspired by what I'm sharing and want to reach out to me directly for personal interaction and coaching of a a nature where we actually look at your life and apply all these big ideas to the grounded situation that you're working with. Yeah, and I can definitely attest to Cody's coaching abilities. He uh, single-handedly definitely helped me in making the transition for myself from 3D to 5D. So what, um, what kinds of things do, just in your experience, what can it look like for someone, not you know, not you, not myself, to, I think most of us existing in the 3D realm, in the matrix, we know that more is possible. We just don't have any networks to see it for ourselves that it's possible, or we don't know what it looks like. And so for me personally, seeing that it's possible with other people who are essentially no, no different than I am, was what helped me bridge the gap. And so how can, yeah, I don't know my question exactly, but um, those of us who have made that leap are definitely extending a hand to the others who want to and to find community. And whether that be in, in Boulder or, or wherever else, um, I don't know my train of thought exactly. Um, uh, yeah, I can take a stab at it. Yeah. What I'm hearing you ask, the the question inherent in that is, how do people who are still in 3D, but looking for a lifeline, how do they find the lifeline? Yeah, exactly. This podcast obviously is one opportunity. We are a lifeline. Certainly I can list some resources in our show notes of other lifelines that I've found. I would name like Charles Eisenstein and mm. the Neurohacker Collective as the two most influential life. Oh, and one more, Daniel Christian Wall. He wrote the book Creating Regenerative Cultures mm. uh, and is uh, highly active on Facebook. Um, so yeah, you know, as, as much of a problematic tool as Facebook is, it's still a very useful one. Right. You just kind of have to find that first thread, find the first breadcrumb somewhere where wherever it is for you and then follow that breadcrumb listen to who who people talk about inspired them or you know like the secret was one of your first breadcrumbs Mm -hmm. and that led you to more discoveries of expanding on that thought and refining it or pointing you to books and now you're reading a book called rich as fuck definitely recommend that one uh, Amanda Francis. It's a good one. It's very inspiring. Um, I love and abundance and manifestation and all things goddess. Um, and along that, you know, another thing I think is important to talk about is the relationship between our vibrations and transcending the 3D to the 5D and taking responsibility for, you know, things like what you put in your body, the friends that you have. You know, for me personally, I didn't just leave my career behind. I left all of my friends behind. And I love all of my my friends. But I was in a culture of drinking and partying. And I feel like a lot of those things can be coping mechanisms for covering up the feeling of the fact that we're not fulfilled or that we're not happy or that we're bored. So I think... In finding lifelines, it's important to take responsibility for who you surround yourself with 
and the kinds of things that you partake in, the way that you live your life. And if you are willing to let go of what's not serving you, even if you don't immediately have a lifeline available, you will in a matter of time if you leave the space for for that. You'll attract one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, what is your take on just our pers- our vibrations as humans and, and the things that we put in our body? How does that play into the 3D, 5D concept? Yeah, so rich. So I want to bring in cymatics here. How do you spell you know, that? Uh, yeah, it's spelled C-Y-M-A-T-I-C-S. Okay. It's the study of the shapes in water or sand, the shapes of vibration. Mm. You can use water or sand or probably a few other mediums to respond to vibration. They, they have like special like oscillators basically that, that just move through vibratory sound ranges. And then cymatics is the study of the shapes that are created when you change the frequency change the vibration uh, and what they found is that vibrations have shapes Ooh. they they like they really do they they will consistently create similar shape patterns and you can see some vibrations create coherent shapes and some of them even create sacred geometry and then some of them will just like not create any shape at all it'll just be like a standard bubbling type phenomenon but at different ranges different different frequencies different coherences emerge and that's what geometry is displaying geometry is is coherence of organization and alignment i you know i like this is i'm sure scientists uh, that studied this could give a more eloquent description but yeah but we'll connect it back to the the more general question of how does that how does our body affected by the 3d 5d split or differential because um, they're, they're not disconnected they're they're inherently connected and it it's more like ends of a spectrum 3d on one end of a spectrum 5d on another end of that same spectrum and you're just wherever you are in between the two with whatever balance you know it's a very simple way of looking at it the reality is more complicated but just for illustration purposes and then you ask also like all you know all the influences in your life the the food that you take in the water that you drink the friends that you surround yourself the the media that you are ingesting Mm -hmm. the books that you read the shows that you watch the things that you talk about with your friends all of that is vital information for your system that's affecting your vibratory rate in the We'll start with the densest aspect of that, with like food, mm-hmm. you know, different foods. Yeah, I gotta, okay, take a step back again into color. Color represents different ranges of frequency. That, that's, you know, it's just different light ranges that are absorbed or uh, emitted at, at, you know, speaking at a base physical level. There's obviously like metaphysical associations and that's another rabbit hole we can go down another time but even at just the the core physical 3d explanation different foods are different colors and they have different properties associated with them and our bodies respond to them differently depending on different nutrient profiles and our ayurvedic types 
and we know what our taste buds like. And then there's also soul nourishment. People talk about comfort food as like food that they grew up with or that has a cultural association of positivity for them. Like maybe, you know, Thanksgiving is often full of comfort food. Mm -hmm. In many cases, comfort food is increasing your vibration. You know, as long as it's not like junk food. Like, you know, some people have comfort food as junk food, but that's not what we're talking about. Like the, and, and it's... In this case, I don't think it's even really like necessarily a property of the food. It's the the association that you have with the food of treating yourself kindness, like treating yourself well, honoring your body, loving yourself with that food. Then that, and especially like if you make the food, it's even better because then you infuse that love into the whole process. Know, and then even better if you grow the food yourself like that at every stage of creation of a thing for your life the more involved you are with it the more opportunities there are to infuse it with your love and your unique intelligence and, and vibration and, and whatever you know I'm trying to keep this as, as practical as I can because even though we don't necessarily understand the science behind it, it is there to be discovered. Somebody will will figure it out. So what's the connection between our vibration and what we put in our body? Love. Love. Yeah. Vibration. The more love that you've cultivated in your, your thoughts, your actions, your feelings, the way that you carry yourself, sum all that up as your way of being, the more love in your way of being, the higher your vibration becomes. So now what about if you were to, it just, it just depends on the meaning that you give things too. So let's say sure. that that I just, I love wine. And, and even though wine might not be good for my body, if I have, if I attribute a different meaning to it, does it have the potential or the capacity to increase your, or to positively influence your vibration, even if it's, you know, or are things just, is there a neutral meaning? Do you understand what I'm asking? I think yeah. so. Yeah. I'd say this is where like the balance of 5D3 comes in. Certainly there's a physical reality of how things affect our body. Right. Like I just love crack cocaine and I use <laughs> all the love that I can into crack cocaine. That it's doesn't still going to be terrible. Right. Me. So how, what's the interplay? But, but it could like be 1% better or 2% <laughs> better, you know, like different things will have you know it's like the worse a thing is for you the less effective the love is going to be in making it better the better a thing is for you the more effective right. love is going to be in making it even better than that and i think i think the key is how do you feel in your body when you consume or when you're, you know, when I'm around my friends who are just, you know, partying all the time and the topics of conversation are not fulfilling, how do I feel in my body? Yeah, absolutely. That's the cue or the clue. Is to... it nourishing you? Are you feeling uplifted and excited and inspired? Some people are. Right. Great. But if you're not, then seek something else out. We grow out of things. And that's, a, in this conversation, I would associate that with, like, vibratory match. Right. You grew out of Kansas. Everything. <laughs> yeah. And your life there. 
and, and yeah, that's something I'm sorry I wanted to touch on that. Yeah. I meant to touch on that in, in kind of my background, but what I started to experience when I went to my job was just this feeling of just stagnancy, of dread, of constraint. And the biggest clue to me was how do I feel in my body when I go to work every day? And you know, for a while, you know, you're just thinking, oh, well, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. Maybe it'll, this feeling will pass, or maybe it's up to me to change how I feel when I go to work. But after that feeling goes on and on and on, you know that it's just time for you to move on because your reality doesn't match your vibration anymore. And that, that, that was what was true for me. My, my friend groups, my career, my job, somewhat out of nowhere but slowly progressively I was feeling worse and worse in my body and I think the universe has a way of you know if you don't listen to the tap on your shoulder you get kind of a punch in the face and I knew that that might be coming if I didn't listen to myself and what I needed and even if that entailed a leap of faith it was still easier than continuing to exist in the reality that was keeping me stagnant and constrained Liberated life, baby. Absolutely. And, you know, very similar for my transition here. I finally got here in, like, July last year, but I started planning that and and really orienting to it as early as, like, April, May, because I, in its own way, the pandemic was a huge blessing for my wake up. Also, in in this, you know, I've had plenty of other ones also, but this, this latest one, um, whereas like this life that I'm living right now is not at all a match for who I know myself to be and what I want to be doing. And like, I'm actually like really depressed and, and stagnating, like, you know, like that feeling of, I can't keep doing this. Like I'm going to die or kill myself in, in, you know, not in a suicide way, but just like progressive death by your soul lack is dying. of life yeah. Yeah. many sicknesses are manifest as a result of people not being Listening. a match for the life that they're living right the sickness is is like a punch in the face yeah pay attention here's here's your excuse to reset and reassess and reevaluate now to be clear i'm not saying all sickness is that but i think that many of them are mm-hmm. Many more than are, are commonly acknowledged as yeah. such. Right. Absolutely. Um, well, any final things to, to address that we haven't so far with this topic? Um, I'm sure there's more. But, uh, <laughs> I guess if you got this far, like you're probably not put off by the language. But uh, on the, the, the off chance that you've listened this far and are still wondering, like, what, what's this 3D, 5D stuff all about? And the vibratory rates look into it uh, do your own research there, there's many many possible resources obviously like i said i'll list some in the show notes just shout out a couple here like black hole is a, a documentary by nasim haramine um, that was very influential in, in helping me understand some like deep physics um, what the bleep do we know was made many many years ago like 20 plus years ago but it's it's got a lot of great insights in it while also a lot of pseudoscience you know like don't ever take anything at face value don't don't just yeah do your own research do your own confirmation find corroborating resources and studies and whatever i want to 
stress that no single author or book or documentary has everything right. Find the pieces that are useful for you. Use those pieces and continue to find more pieces in other places. I thought of another question. Yeah, sure. Um, so when we say 3D and 5D, 4D, we mean essentially mean the third dimension, the fourth dimension, the fifth dimension. Mm-hmm. What is the sixth dimension, seventh mm-hmm. dimension, eighth dimension? What, what are those? I, I know I'll throw some stuff out there about it, but I, you know, preface that with I barely know. I'm still working on my own 3D to 5D transition. Some of the information that I am aware of, uh, especially like from the Akashic Records, has six dimension is pure service. A six dimensional or, or six density soul is totally aware of their creatorship like they, they mastered 5D or, or are working on mastering 5D, do not have 3D concerns like at all. And they are showing up in whatever their capacity. Gen- generally, like these are not going to be people on earth very often. Like some rare sixth density souls will come to earth to revisit third density and then maybe remind themselves of what it's like to be here so that they can inform their service in a a more holistic or more nuanced way. But in general, six-dimensional is is pure creative service. And our good friend Paul could probably speak even better to this, uh, especially for the seventh density and and eighth density and beyond. Paul just walked in from doing a nice yoga session. Paul, what's your understanding oh. of, uh, what, what is, yeah, I think we're recording. Welcome, it. Paul. What's your understanding of what the sixth dimension, seventh dimension, eighth, eighth dimension, what are they? The, the dimensions or the densities? You know, co- Same. Yeah, and what's, what and are what's the, the difference, difference between those? I, Come on over, Paul. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I learned about the densities through the, the law of one. You know, which is the channel text by uh, the raw material. Yeah, I was just looking at it yesterday, so it's on my mind. And then I connected with an Akashic Records reading, excuse me, Akashic Records reader. And the the way that he does readings is he channels, but it comes through that framework that he has in his mind, the seven densities framework. And so he'll tell people, you know, your soul is from this level uh, of density, you know, which he thinks of them as like frequencies. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're all sort of stacked on top of each other, but it makes a difference which which density your soul is coming from because that correlates with the lessons that your soul is learning in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. So, like people, like souls from the fourth density are they're on the that correlates to the heart the heart chakra. The fourth density correlates to the fourth chakra, so they're on the love they're on they're on the level of love, but they're moving up to the level of um, wisdom, wisdom, the fifth density. So they're learning, you know, they have compassion for other souls, but they need to learn the, the wisdom lesson as well. And then when souls move up to sixth density, it's about balancing love and wisdom. What did he tell you about, about your soul? He told me it was really, really useful because he, he told me about how to be of service. And I, I could see more clearly how being of service is an expression of love and wisdom at the same time. So yeah. what's, what's the distinction between density and dimension? He uses the seven densities framework when he channels from the Akashic Records, but he has kind of, um, what would you call it, like an equivalence 
table where it's like the fourth density, which is what Earth is moving up into right now, correlates pretty much to the fifth dimension. So I think that's a point of confusion because like everybody's like, we're moving up to 5D. We're moving up to the fifth dimension, but it's the level of the heart. It's shifting our consciousness out of being centralized on the ego, solar plexus consciousness into the, we see into the heart level where we see ourselves in each other. We see the oneness and that informs the love. That's what I have to say about that. (laughs) And is that continuing on a one-to-one correlation with the densities and the dimensions just at one removed? Mm. Or is it like two densities per dimension or something? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question, Cody. I think uh, I think on his uh, framework, the, the, the 12th dimension is like even above what the seventh density would be. Um, so, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you'd have to find some people who are very, very experienced to hash out all the details of that. Who's the person who gave you the reading? His name, he's amazing Kashik Records reader. His name is Nuno Alves. He has a website called heartkey.com, heartki.com, and he's based out of Portugal. But, you know, his, uh, his, his longer Akashic Records readings, you can get a quicker reading from him that he does in like a month or something like that. But um, his longer ones, they're so good that the waiting list for them is like a year. Wow. Yeah. So he's really, he's really fantastic. Highly recommend Nuno. And yeah. so the, the heart is what, as a collective, yeah. we're working to tap into right now. Totally, yeah. I feel that. Because that yeah. would be the end of all our problems. <laughs> you uh, know? Cool. Until we created new ones. <laughs> Until we create new ones. Well, yeah, but pretty much all of our, what we call problems are related to, you know, the Buddhists would say ignorance, hate, and greed. But it's this, it's this egoic consciousness that's imbalanced. You know, and when you start to see yourself in other things, then you treat them with kindness and love and you don't need to hoard all the resources for yourself or do all these different activities. So that would undermine the problems that we create on an environmental level, in our economics, you know, just in with regards to basic human decency. 3D problems. 3D problems. All these 3D problems. Which seem totally ridiculous from a higher perspective. I mean, they seem totally ridiculous from a higher perspective. Why would we do this? Why would you, to, to even think of declaring war on another part of civilization, is to, it's total insanity, but you only see that from a higher level. Right. right, yeah. Thank you, Paul. Listeners, tune in for Paul's episode about the Enneagram later on. Yeah, all right. Well, this has been so fun. Uh, any last thoughts that either you want to share i feel complete i feel complete too all right